Welcome to the Sulp... Can you say it? You have a better voice. Welcome to the Sulp Niar Pool. I'm your host, Diana. And I'm your host, Andrew. And uh, we'll be taking you through today on some wild adventures. Okay. All right. So before we begin, I thought we could say a little bit about ourselves, our backgrounds, our Animorphs backgrounds, and why we decided to do this podcast. I'm a young professional, a yo pro. My background, I would put it in like science psychology, you know, a little of this, a little of that, but a pre-grad school person. Okay. Um, and my Animorphs background is that I basically read all of the books in one summer two At years ago. At my behest, kind of. At Andrew's behest, kind of. Basically, Andrew introduced me and... The two of you just hit it off? And did the one thing that will guarantee that I will read every book in a series, which is say, I'm sure you won't read every book in this series. <laughs> but no, but I, I liked it a lot. So my introduction has been very quick and dirty in that sense. Whoa. <laughs> So that's me. We should have an explicit tag on this podcast, <laughs> maybe. Anyway, so my name is Andrew. I'm also a young professional. My background is in chemistry. After Diana read Animorphs, I wanted to talk about it with her a lot. And so, <laughs> so we figured, why not start a podcast? That's where the money is. Um, that's it for us. We, Like I said, we both have a background in, in science, which I think is different from some of the other Animorphs right, podcasts out there. Um, yeah. I want everyone to listen to many Animorphs podcasts. It's so, true. There's always room for more. Yeah. We're kind of inspired by, you know, ThoughtSpeak is the, they're the seminal authors, I think. Well, yeah, but there's also other. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, Hindsight, the Dork Bajir Chronicles. Oh, I don't know about that one. Uh, they're pretty good. They're, they're kind of silly, as you might expect. Ooh, wow. So I would probably like them more than you would then. Yeah. Okay. Another thing that I wanted to do in this podcast is to have two halves of the show, a spoiler-free zone and a spoiler-intensive zone. That's a little different from the rest of the podcasts out there. So that if somehow you are listening to an Animorphs podcast and have not yet read the Animorphs, then you can follow along and not have the books spoiled for you. It can be like a companion podcast. But um, you should still, I mean, you should read this book before right. listening yeah, to yeah, this of, podcast. Yeah, of course. So I if mean, you're an existing whatever. Animorphs fan and want to introduce someone to an Animorphs podcast and not spoil the books for them, this could be the way to go. No, Andrew's really good at not spoiling the books. You, you heard her here first. And on our Tumblr, we have uh, the Beginner's Guide to Reading the Animorphs, because we care so much about that. Book number okay. one. So book number one. So the time is June 1996. Okay. I thought we could just, at, in order to orient everyone. To set the mood. To set the mood. I was going to take it upon myself to... Mm -hmm. Look up the number one hit songs at the time that each book is released. Okay. For number one, The Invasion, there are two songs that I found. One was You Learn by Alanis Morissette. Yep. The other one was The Macarena. A classic. If we get good editing, I can, like, put them in. Yeah, Otherwise, okay. you can just imagine it in your head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So book number one, The Invasion, came out in June 1996. The The cover of this book is a little different. 
in that it's just Jake's head morphing into a lizard, which is kind of weird. The intermediate species are really, really awful oh, yeah, on this one, weird. I think. So It doesn't even look like he's half lizard. It just looks like a different thing. Yeah, it looks like he just got uglier and then he <laughs> became a toy. <laughs> it's like Jake and then an ugly child a- alien thing. Maybe they just got better at, I don't know, like C- CGI. Well, I heard CGI. that they changed the cover artist, so... That's probably it. Right, but was this, this one... done with like a computer or like well, like the morphing part? Or oh, I don't know. Like an artist. I have no idea. Maybe okay. next show we can. Well, uh... tidbit, maybe. Yeah. Okay. So we start off. My name is Jake. This is kind of the iconic Animorphs opening. It says, "I can't tell you my last name. I can't tell you where I live. It's too dangerous." So this is kind of the famous Animorphs hook that. It's a good hook. Yeah, I really liked it when I first started reading the Animorphs. Well, because you're like, why? Yeah. Why can't you tell me? Just tell yeah. me. This is a book. Come on. <laughs> anyway, okay. Jake is at the mall with Marco, who is his best friend. And every character that we're meeting for the first time, we kind of get a little introduction from Jake's POV. Um, and Marco... POV ha- standing for point of view. Right, thanks. The technical term. Yeah. So Marco has this amazing ability to analyze games, um, which I thought is interesting because that's a little deep for these are middle schoolers. I think you know? they're 11, right? Yeah, 11 or 12. Um, and Jake has been cut from the basketball team, which is eating at him because his brother Tom was a big star on the basketball team. Oh, and also they meet Tobias. They, there's like a line where, where Jake is like, when I first met Tobias, he had his head in the toilet because he was getting a swirly. Yeah, a swirly is a... They're classics. Um, in I, oh, the swirly. Yeah, well, I feel like in, you know, this era of young adult, before young adult fiction was like all vampires, maybe it was the swirly. Although but I think the Animorphs is total, is uh, technically middle grade, which is before YA. Um, no, I don't think, I don't think swirlies are like, are like a, a vestige of a specific time. Like swirlies are a thing that, they were also like on Arthur. They're like in any TV show about high school, like and the no, TV I shows know. I it's watched like, were after the '90s. It's like, like, okay, I'm writing about kids. How do I reach them? Yeah, exactly. I yeah. mentioned the swirly. Exactly. All kids will know what everyone this knows is. what a swirly is. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> glad we got that out of the way. <laughs> Tobias asks to walk home with them. Then they see Rachel and Cassie. Um, Rachel is Jake's cousin, and she's uh, clean and very wholesome, apparently. So. Right, which is which is K. Applegate's way of saying she's hot, but she's my cousin, so like <laughs> yeah, she's the hot one. Yeah. So we meet Rachel. We meet Cassie. Cassie is Rachel's best friend, and she's kind of the opposite of mm-hmm. Rachel. Yeah. So Cassie is black. She has short hair. Ooh, edgy. Yeah, and she's peaceful on a mystic level. I did have a comment about Rachel and Cassie because. Okay. So Jake is describing them as opposites of each other. Mm-hmm. And also, I mean, one of the first things he says about Cassie is that he likes her. Ooh. Sometimes they sit next to each other on the bus. He doesn't know what to say to her. He likes her. Rachel, obviously, is wholesome. He can't, like, he doesn't like her. She's his cousin. Obviously, that would be totally wrong. So, I All don't know. you fan fiction pervs out there. Sorry. I don't know. I feel like fan fiction doesn't even really go into incest that much, does it? I don't know. I mean, name anything, fan fiction goes into it. Okay. It is my... Fair impression i wouldn't know i've never <laughs> read any fan Asking fiction for a friend. whatsoever no i was just thinking of like the whole like when people talk about a madonna horror like oh complex and like so rachel is the you know the like conventionally perfect one mm-hmm. we i think we find out at some point she like gets good grades and stuff yeah um 
but uh and she's pretty in like a wholesome way and whatever mm. cassie is the opposite whatever that means but she also is the one that jake likes you know mm-hmm. so it's kind of i don't even like no i just felt like that was the classic yeah. like if you're gonna have two girls make one pretty and whatever and good at at like standard things and yeah. the other one the one that's the romance interest one for people to identify with one for people to look up with up up to kind of although when i was reading it and this also happened when i read at least one of the anwar's books in middle school i was just kind of pissed off by rachel because i was like come on like why does why does she need to be like pretty can't she just be like any other thing she was you know? just average looking she was she was i well, she says cousin, so it's just weird for yeah, me to yeah, be like, yeah, yeah. oh, she was also really pretty. Let me just hammer that point home. Well, it's, it's so you get the right mental image. I guess, yeah. But anyway. They are going to go home, um, and then Jake suggests maybe they the girls shouldn't go home by themselves, so they go home together. And there's this interesting scene where Rachel's like, I don't need you to accompany me home. And then Cassie's like, well, I wouldn't mind, because she likes Jake. Right. So then they decide to go home through the abandoned construction site which is pretty ominous to me. Yeah, I've been uh <laughs> I've been thinking about the construction site as like the forbidden fruit trope. You know what I mean? Mm. It's like, oh, whatever you do, don't go into the construction site because their parents told goes them into the not to. Site. Yeah, goes into the construction site. Mm-hmm. See like horrible stuff ensues, mm. but then they also get these powers. It's like the yeah. it's the Garden of Eden story. I read it as ancient Indian burial ground trope. What's the ancient Indian burial ground? Trip? Well, or elephant burial ground, where like uh, it's just a place where you go, and because people have died there or elephants have died there, that it's haunted, and that by going there you like upset the spirits and then they curse you. I guess, except I don't feel like what happens there is. Well, first of all, have people died there before? Um. Well. Oh, maybe. We... Oh, spoilers! We talk about super it later? spoilers! Intensive thing. Um. Let's. Yeah. Let's talk about that later. Um, okay, maybe we should just come back to this whole conversation later, Yeah, okay, actually. okay, we'll, we'll, we'll table this for now. They're going home through the elephant burial ground uh, slash the Garden of Eden, um, and then Tobias sees a UFO. Yeah, I have a lot to say about Tobias later, but okay. it'll be fine. all right. So the UFO lands, and then Tobias says, Oh, don't worry, we come in peace. I won't hurt you. And then Elfanger says, I know. Yeah, we get introduced to Thought Speak. Yeah. Huge. I don't know if you wanted to talk about that as, like, a science thing. I I mean, this is where we're first introduced to it, and it's just, like, them saying, you know, it's, like, voices in your head. Maybe people who are reading this have a idea of, like, have have seen, like, telepathy in different other, you know, popular fiction or whatever. I'm Um, mostly really into the fact that, like, they always hear it in English, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's a huge conversation that we can have. But anyway... For convenience reasons, or perhaps because of the underlying science, they hear Elfanger's voice in their head in English. He says, don't be frightened. Then he comes out, and we get our first description of Andalites. So we see Andalites. They're like this half, what is it, like half horse type thing, but like with a scorpion tail. Yeah. The front's kind of humanoid. Um, Like a centaur with a scorpion tail. And we we, we sort of get introduced in this scene to like, the fact that there are aliens out there. Do we... Is this then when um, we find out about Yerks? Yeah, so so after this scene where Elfanger is like, Be ye not afraid, saith Elfanger. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, Nay, we shan't be. J- 
Jake realizes he is crying, which is kind of weird. He says he feels like Elfanger is someone he's known forever. I know. It's super, like... Mystical. Yeah, this reminded me so much of, um, uh, what's that called? Narnia? Like, with Aslan. Oh, Aslan. And yeah. it's like, oh, he's so familiar. And then, like, you find out later, yeah. maybe he's actually, like, God or something. Like, Yeah, he's actually an allegory for Jesus. Yeah, it's like... Um, you know, Elfanger is introduced as this, like, you know, like, Aslan-like character... But then he's very human, I guess. Right. For lack of a better term. Right. And Jake term. goes into the ship in a, in a second, which we'll see, and yeah. like sees a picture of his family and stuff. And it's like, yeah. okay, so he's like a person. Like, he's yeah. not, you know what I mean? It feels to me like a different note than the rest of the books hit when they're talking about Andalites or aliens. And the Animorphs universe has always felt like very real to me, but this is like more magical, I guess. Yeah, this is, this is closer to fantasy than like sci-fi. Oh, I like it. Yeah, that's, um, I agree. Okay, Elfanger's wounded. Cassie tries to help, but then he's like, no, it's fatal. And he tells them about the other aliens who have come to destroy you. Close right, chapter. Right. Which then made me think about what if the other aliens had been the one to crash to the ground, and they're, like, helping out a year. Mm-hmm. And then they, like, whatever. We'll talk about it later, because I have a lot of ideas about okay. that. Okay, so he's dying. Jake gets uh, volunteered to go into his ship. Everyone kind of steps back and looks at Jake. Right, and, and this is Jake, like, like being the... His first leaderly moment, I guess. Yeah, but then it's like, I don't know. Whenever you see a leader, you want to see, like, a flaw. This is one thing I was thinking about when I was reading that part. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Jake is cast as, as the lead here. Mm-hmm. In in a later scene, he's like, oh, yeah, like, Rachel and I are the better runners. So he's, like, more athletic. He's yeah, more popular. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, when are we going to see something that he's not... Like, I want to see a fatal flaw. Come on. Yeah. I like complex hero characters. Yeah, where's the the Achilles heel or whatever? Yeah, I guess we see it. Uh, maybe we'll find out later. I don't know. Just yeah. a thought. So he gets the blue box. Elfanger tells them about the morphing technology, um, which is that they have the power to turn into any animal by acquiring it. It works because of DNA. Right. And so go. then we get to learn about how DNA works because... Thanks. Right. Because <laughs> they're like... Yeah. At some point, they're like, "Oh, but it's okay if you like acquire a wounded animal because the DNA is yeah, wounded." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think at least in Applegate's depiction of it is like basically the animal's soul or their essence. No, no, I don't think so because okay. well, I I don't think she's like taking a stance on that. I think because you, you yeah. see like instincts is how I would classify it. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to say the Andalite ship, Jake's mm-hmm. on it. And he, and he sees, like, the control screen. And he's like, oh, there aren't really that many buttons on here. I wonder if... I wondered if Andalites control the ship with their thoughts or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just thinking, like, do they control the ship with their thoughts? How does that... Yeah, they do. They do? I thought we've seen, um, like... Well, I don't know. I, I thought that there was more button stuff going on. I mean, there are buttons, you know? So it's I think like, they, what are the like, buttons for? I know that they direct the ship's computer with their thoughts. And I think the ship's computer does a lot of the steering and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But there there are... There are definitely... I mean, he sees buttons when he goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you can control it with your thoughts, then why do you need buttons? <laughs> well, it could be, actually, because of the way ThoughtSpeak works, is, like, your com- your commands to the ship have to be dedicated sentences. So you can speak to the ship while you're blasting away at the with the guns or something like that. Oh, yeah, because ThoughtSpeak... So yeah. yeah, right, that makes sense. Right, because... I guess, actually, this kind of plays into your questions about ThoughtSpeak, because, you know, if he could, like, just picture the ship going down and to the right and shooting to the left at the same time, 
Mm-hmm. And wouldn't they do that? But okay. this seems to indicate that that's that they can't. No, so then... Or at least the computers can't. But then what happens is uh, later mm-hmm. we see that Elfengor is is communicating with the kids or like he he says like don't be afraid and then he like yeah he beams pictures into the mind no 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 no. this is well that too i was talking Mm -hmm. about he says don't be afraid and then she's like oh i got like a warm fuzzy feeling passed on an emotion to them and then later he we also find out that he passes like pictures to tobias but then at no point do we like see because you know later in this book they start using thought speak and they're not like Mm -hmm. sending pictures to each other so like what's going on I don't know. I, I feel like that's just tying into the whole Elfanger is, like, on this other plane. You yeah, because I feel like we see other characters use thought speak all the time, like, throughout yeah. the series. Yeah, yeah, and they don't use pictures. Yeah. He's describing the morphing te- technology to them, and one thing that I, I thought was interesting is he's talking about the morphing technology and says it requires concentration and determination, but if you're strong, you can do it. There are limitations, problems dangers even which i had not noticed this the first time but this totally foreshadows so much of their like weird experiences with morphing technology where i had i had been conceptualizing this morphing technology as like a really neat technology but instead it's like a computer that has bugs yeah it's like like someone saying like wait but be careful because this is still in beta yeah exactly it's not really in beta though because i feel like a lot of people yeah, but, uh, I mean, they're still patching it. Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. At least they should be. They all, like, press on this cube. They get the morphing power. Mm-hmm. And then we see this other ship come down. Um, oh, shit. We find out it has, like, Visser 3 on it, who's this whole big deal. Yeah. Um, we see controllers. We see Hork-Bajir and Taxons. They're very scary. This is, like, a nightmare for our, our kids here. And we see Visser 3 come out. The Hork-Bajir are, Elfanger says that they're good people, but now they're, you know, slaves. And then Elfanger says the Taxons are just evil. And they're kind of disgustingly described as, like, as these, you know, huge centipede-like worm-like. Yeah, it makes it sound like a horror movie. It's like, yeah. yeah. So, Mr. 3 arrives. He is very evil. Everyone has this oh, he- sense yeah, of back to just the, like, evilness. fantasy feeling. He, like, yeah. has this whole, like, yeah. aura he gives off. Yeah, it's like, like you just know that he's evil. You know, it's kind of weird. I I'm, I wonder if, like, it's just reflecting this, like, a change in style that she had when she was, mm-hmm. like, going through the series. Because the, the description of Elfengor and Visser 3 are both very, like, supernatural, almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. More than just, like, sci-fi. So, yeah, so, so he comes out, he gives this mini speech... He, he monologues. Yep, he he monologues. You're like, okay, you're gonna be one of those villains. That's fine. <laughs> he uh, he fights Elfengor and kills him brutally. Yep. Oh, biblical oh. reference. Jake like wants to do something to help him, or mm-hmm. like he he starts to be like, God, get off him, you terrible. And then Cassie's like, No, like he doesn't want you to die. He's dying for us. And I was mm-hmm. like, Oh, so he is Jesus. Yeah. Thanks for clearing that up. Maybe that's just your liberal arts training, seeing Jesus and everything. I mean, maybe. Well, it's also just like a good... It's just like, a like good sex, trope. everything is about religion, except for religion. Well, no, it's just like a good trope, like somebody dying for someone else. Mm-hmm. It's just a, like, yeah. it makes a good story, you know. So yeah, the Hork-Bajir hold Elfinger down, and Visser 3 uh, morphs a monster and eats him. 
Yeah, he he gets eaten. He doesn't like get killed. He gets eaten. And doesn't like a piece of him fall out. Yeah, a piece of him falls out of the mouth and then gets eaten by taxons. This is the Animorphs is really good at subverting lots of tropes, and I think this is just the beginning of that, where it's like, oh, we've met you know our mystical mentor. He'll stick around for a while. We'll have a montage of him training us. Nope. And then he'll be killed by this guy, and then we'll get revenge. Yeah, but no, no, he gets. It would be like if Darth Vader just ate Obi-Wan Kenobi. Like right at the very beginning. Yeah. <laughs> at the beginning of and A then, New Hope. And then later Obi-Wan Kenobi they're like, gets so, so how do lightsabers work? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> yeah, so that, that was interesting to me. Um, and that's one of the reasons I like Animorphs is because it's so good at subverting these tropes. Or Yoda, more like. Yeah, Yoda, dies. Yoda gets eaten. And you're like, wait, but I thought... <laughs> yeah, Yoda is more mystical than Obi-Wan, I think. Although... Well, didn't Yoda train Obi-Wan at one point? Who did Obi-Wan? I don't really know Star Wars as much as you do. Okay, okay. Well, we'll, wait, wait. we'll <laughs> this is not a Star Wars ways. podcast. This is not a Star Wars podcast. Sorry. So, not only is Elfanger getting eaten, not only are these huge cannibalistic worms eating the leftovers, but there are humans laughing at this whole scene. Jake recognizes the laughter as sounding kind of familiar. And then Visser 3 drops a line, nothing like a good, whatever the heck this morph was, for taking a bite out of your enemies. <laughs> Got it. And it's like, Nailed wow, it, Visser 3. we have kind of this juxtaposition of this horrifying scene and also like a, like a Bond villain grade pun. Not not even a Bond villain grade, it's just no, like it's worse. Terrible. It's yeah. worse. Yeah. <laughs> so the hork see the children and uh so they start running and they sort of split up in order to this is actually like jake being a strategist here but he's yeah. like let's split up like they can't chase all of us he and rachel are the faster runners and like they mm-hmm. sort of both decide to mm-hmm. um to like fall back and do a little bit yeah. more fighting so that everyone else can get away marco and cassie are short and tobias is weak i guess yes correct yeah. I, I like they're just already starting with the marco jokes yeah. like marco and Cassie are just way too short their, their legs are too short yeah yeah so then jake jake actually falls so he's like being chased by himself now mm-hmm. and he's like literally in the construction site mm-hmm. i like didn't understand this but he like sees a homeless guy yeah so so he's in there he hears a human say save the head um oh yeah which right, is also right. extremely brutal um, then he sees a homeless person, and then the Hork-Majir kill the homeless person, assuming it was, you know, the homeless person that they had that they had seen initially. Oh, I so thought they were just killing him, like, for fun. I didn't realize no. they actually thought that that was the person. Yeah, I think that's how that that's why they stopped chasing Jake, is because they killed this homeless man in right. instead. Okay, so they all get away. It's very Notching scary. Up, racking up the body count. Uh, okay. I know. So, so they yeah. go home, everyone has nightmares. I thought this was the one where he was like, I didn't have nightmares because nightmares can't even compare to real life now. Or was that later? Yeah, you're totally right. You're totally right. The worst nightmares of my life that night, but I didn't. Um, This was my new reality. But then by the next morning, he says, now I just believed it had been a nightmare. I half believed it had been a nightmare. The only thing that seemed real was the antelope. But I see how you would be, yeah. Because they yeah, do yes. get nightmares a lot, <laughs> yeah. like in this series. Not yet, but uh, that's what tomorrow is. So yeah, so Tobias comes over. He's all excited. Jake is still like, what happened? Yeah. But Tobias is like bouncing off the walls, which is new for him. Yeah. And uh, he tells Jake that he became Dude, his dog. His cat. His Dude is his cat, yes. And, um, and Jake's like, 
that not possible no way so then tobias morphs a cat yeah um <laughs> great um. great okay but i had a question so so tobias morphs dude his cat mm-hmm. and then he can thought speak to jake but jake also sends thought speak to tobias yeah in this scene so i actually read an ama um with Kay applegate and she was like yeah we, we fucked up okay that was a mistake i did not mean to do that so okay yeah just just so just forget that happened. just a gap yeah basically yeah because i was like that what <laughs> no yeah that would be really convenient if they could be telepaths all the time um yeah because then they could just send thoughts be literally they could just all be human and they could just yeah, yeah. okay great well good so then okay so so now tobias is a cat he has convinced jake that you know at least part of this is real and he should try to morph something so jake goes to find his dog homer and um and this is sort of an introduction to how to acquire and then morph something Mm -hmm. um so basically to acquire an animal's dna um you just have to touch it physically and concentrate and we see when jake does this that it puts homer into like kind of a trance you know it lasts probably like about 10 seconds after he takes his hand away and then it now jake can concentrate on the dog and becomes a dog yeah which is like great oh i want your thoughts the clothes thing when you were first reading this what did you think about the clothes thing were you like oh so they're gonna be naked the whole series or did you not think about that my first thought was like yeah that makes sense my second thought was are they gonna be naked the whole series like it was kind of like why why would this be helpful like that just that just seems like it adds unnecessary complication to like writing this you know what i mean yeah and then in like chapter 12 k applegate realized that and just wrote it out i think it was probably like from the science perspective or Mm -hmm. like the pseudoscience that like that is like guiding the the principles of morphing and stuff Mm -hmm. she was like Okay, yeah, so if they're doing it from DNA, like, obviously clothes aren't recorded in DNA, so, like, mm-hmm. they can't wear clothes, so we're gonna have to, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then she was like, okay, but I don't want to have to deal with naked people all the time, so, yeah, so they're just gonna learn. It's yeah. It's gonna be fine. Um, oh, oh, we also, sorry, we skipped over this, but um, when Jake morphs Homer, mm-hmm. we, we see for the first time that, like, when you morph something, you also get its instincts. This is kind of what you were talking about before with, like, the soul like yeah. he starts realizing that like when he's homer he's really happy and like yeah. doesn't think about anything oh and and so before as jake is like thinking about the prospect of morphing his dog tobias is like we have to do this jake you're the leader you can bring us to defeat the controllers and then jake is like okay i guess it felt like i was agreeing to something awful like i was volunteering for a trip to the dentist oh i know i saw that i saw that i was like yeah oh my gosh not the dentist yeah luckily this wasn't that bad this wasn't quite as bad as going to the dentist yeah it was just like hellish screaming it was like half as bad as the dentist i'd say maybe 60 percent. okay whatever okay so anyway jake is the dog um and then tom comes in so this was interesting to me also jake smells a dangerous unsettling smell at so I was wondering if he is smelling the physical yerk or smelling danger. Because if you could smell yerks by morphing a dog, if that's the case, it's just another one of those things that Applegate was like, uh, no, we, we can't have that for the whole series. 
and then just decided against it. Like I think I think even if it were the case that they could smell yurks when they morph things, mm-hmm. like that smell seems like it's hard to interpret as mm-hmm. a dog. So like it's definitely more reliable anyway to just yeah. follow people, even though I mean it does yeah. take three days. Oh, actually, I have a new theory that it's actually the like smell from the construction sites. Um, from like the tax, I don't know, taxons of pork flesh, Visser 3 is like, like terrible. Although again, if they could smell. Odorous perfume or something like that. If they could smell hork though, then they could like avoid ambushes and stuff. Yeah. You know But then you'd be stuck as a dog when the hork come and kill you. That's true. But like, but dogs aren't the only thing that they morph that has good smell. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. But anyway. Anyway, yeah, I, I think I like that theory better than that. You can smell physically yurks inside mm-hmm. people's brains. So Jake is then... Okay, then what happens? So basically Jake calls everyone to like meet up mm-hmm. and discuss. Yeah, so they all meet. I think this is in Cassie's barn, right? Uh, I think so. Um, oh, and we this is like we get a little backstory. We find out Tom recently joined an organization called The Sharing, mm-hmm. um, which, he, which he likes a lot, but he's kind of different now. Yeah. Even though it sounds like a great place. Shameless plug for the sharing, by the way. <laughs> They're one of our corporate sponsors. Yeah. So, yeah. So, all the kids meet up in Cassie's barn. They, they Rachel has this, like, newspaper that says that the mm-hmm. cops are, like, looking for info mm-hmm. on um, the teenagers that, quote, unquote, were playing with fireworks at the construction site. Obviously, mm-hmm. a cover, right? And then, oh, I really like this because, like, they see this news story. They're kind of talking about what happened. And they're like... I don't know if we can really do anything here. Like, we're just kids. This is kind of a big... Mm-hmm. And I kind of like that they're kids and they, like, realize that they're kids. You know what yeah. I mean? It's They're like, I'm I'm not... I'm 12. Like, I'm not a grown-up. I yeah. can't... I just got a swirly yesterday. This is, <laughs> this is like, not something that I should be dealing with. You know what yeah. I mean? Cause it, I mean, because it's true. Yeah, so that's kind of sweet. And then we... Uh, I don't know, this is kind of the first time that we're seeing everyone together, so like mm-hmm. we get a little bit more backstory on Marco's family. We find out his his mom died a few years ago mm-hmm. and like his dad's all lonely now and like he he really doesn't want to do anything that would yeah. put himself in danger mostly for his family's sake. And mm-hmm. then um Oh, we see that Cassie's really good at morphing. Mm-hmm. And she conveniently figured out how to morph clothes. Yeah, very convenient. Um and they sort of decide so they have this scene where they're like, What should we do and like some of them are like i want to fight some of them aren't and they basically decide to not decide for now later so jake and marco go back to jake's house and um and they're playing video games obviously and uh tom joins for a little while oh oh sorry did you want to go back there's the scene with the cop one, one, one of oh, the right right yeah yeah so a policeman drives by and he's like you didn't know anything about those kids uh, right, who right. might have set off fireworks, did you? Well, and they're, like, hiding Cassie behind them because she's, like, morphing back from horse to human. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I recognize you, Jake. You look like Tom. He's a good man. Also joined the sharing. Right. Yeah. Um. Okay, so then later, so Tom joins them playing video games. Mm-hmm. Tom's like, hey, by the way, you should join the sharing. They're like, what is it about this sharing? Everyone loves it so much. And then Tom's like, Jake, I mean, Marco's like, Jake, your brother's a controller. And Jake's yeah. like, how dare you? And then he punches him. Yeah, which is like, I didn't punch anyone when I was 12. Okay, so so here's something I wanted to talk about. Jake's reaction is like, how dare you say that he's a controller? He would never do that. Don't say that about my brother. He's not a bad person, right? 
just because Tom is a controller doesn't say anything about Tom, the person. Right, and you they know already know at this point about, so they've like heard that Hork-Bajir are a good species that we like. Yeah. But they were enslaved. And then there's yeah. like the Taxons who we don't like, and yeah. they were like partnered with the Yerk. So like we already know that it's possible to be either of those two things. Yeah. So I don't know if Jake just hasn't made that leap yet, or if like... Well, I think it's just, you know... Or if he's like in denial, and that's why he's... Well, it's like, if someone tells you your brother is like a spy for the KGB or like whatever, mm-hmm. but they yeah. were blackmailed into it, you're still like, how dare you accuse my brother of doing it? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It, like, I guess I see it. Although, I still think you're right. That's kind of weird that he would just be like... So then, so anyway, while they're like scuffling or just after tobias comes in as a hawk a red-tailed hawk and we learn about this this is actually where we learn that thing about dna because he acquired hawk dna from an injured one but but he's not injured so that's great and uh we also learn about thermals oh good and i was thinking about that because so thermals for those who don't know which should be zero people spoilers right thermals are warm currents of air that they rise because heat rises and so if you're a bird if you catch a thermal you can like rise up very high without any without any effort Mm -hmm. and so that's really great if you're a hawk but my question is did the hawk brain tell tobias that those are called thermals maybe he read it in a book that's the thing it seems like, like he would read a book about hawks i know but he was like but he's explaining it to them as if it's something he just learned from yeah, the morph. Yeah. But it's like, it just seems a little bit sophisticated for the Hawkman yeah, to be like, true. all right, Tobias, ah, I'm going to tell you what thermals are. Yes. It's when a pillar of warm air, like, <laughs> like the hawk brain would have just been like, oh, I feel some warm air. Yeah, I'm going to like right. ride that. Uh-huh. So I, that was just, but obviously we need the exposition because we cannot go another minute without knowing what thermals are. Yeah. Obviously. And Tobias really likes being a hawk. Um, so I was wondering... When you're reading this, I don't know if you can remember for the first when you're reading it for the first time, but did you pick up on this like, oh, Tobias really likes being a hawk? When they go to the gardens, he's like, I just want to be a hawk. No. Okay. No, I didn't. Because reading it the second time, I was like, wow. No, yeah, reading it the second time, I was like that. Well, also you, you had spoiled it for me a little bit. Oh that no. That one thing when I when I read this, I think it was before I had read the first book, but uh-huh. you said like Tobias something, and I was like, oh, is he the one that can like morph a bird or something? And you were like. Well, he is a hawk. Oh, but I didn't. Oh, but I didn't even pick up on that. So, yeah. like, I I don't think I had even. I don't think it really spoiled it for me, even though yeah. it totally would have. Shame on you. But um, shame on me. Yeah. So when I first read it, I don't remember picking up on any of that mm-hmm. because then when the end of the book comes, I was like, oh my god, he like, oh no, he. That's what happens when like. He that's can't. really cool. And then um, I'm glad you had the experience. So yeah, no. So I didn't know. Okay, so then they decide to infiltrate the Sharing's night meeting. Oh, and uh, and that's because I think Tom told them about it, but um, first, yeah, so Tobias tells them about Yerk pools mm-hmm. first because he has, like, extra knowledge because he was, like, yeah, hanging out behind. with Elfengore for yeah. some reason. Weird. For some weird reason. Yeah, and... Uh, <laughs> And he's also like the first, and he he over and over again he does it again in the scene. It's like I'm gonna fight. I'm mm-hmm. gonna I'm gonna do what Andalai said. I think we should do this. This is what yeah. I'm gonna do, which is very decisive for Tobias. Oh yeah, yeah. So they decide to go to a meeting of sharing. They tell Tom. Tom's like, oh my gosh, it's gonna be awesome. Like nice. you're gonna love the sharing. It's so great. We do all these great things. And I was like, oh no, <laughs> I felt so bad because once you know that he's a controller, mm-hmm. I was like just imagining Tom like in there yeah being like sad oh very sad you know? 
and like extremely ah, don't sad. Jake don't go you know <clears throat> but anyway anyway so they go and it it is a lot of fun uh, pretty awesome pretty, pretty cool. all American yeah some ribs night volleyball and then there's and then so so Marco is even like you know what you're right this is all totally normal yeah let's go home and then and but Jake has heard from Tom that there's a secret meeting for full members only Ooh, full members. And when Tom was telling him about it, Tom was like, oh, you know, you don't even know the half of what being a member of the sharing is like. Like, mm-hmm. if you work really hard, you become a full member. It's going to be awesome. But then his face is, like, contorted into this almost, like, scared look for, like, a half second. And Jake mm-hmm. is like, what just happened? So he's like, okay, definitely something is up here. <laughs> well, I think at that point, Jake realizes Tom is a controller. Though. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, so he does. He says... Uh, I knew what I had seen in Tom's eyes. He was trying to warn me. Somehow he had managed to gain control of his face for just a second before the youth in his head had crushed him. Ooh, gosh. Which is very insightful because they don't know how controlling someone works. Yeah, um, but, but I mean, here yeah. is he's on the money. Then Tobias sees the full members who are off to the side. Um, and then this scene where, like, more foreshadowing, Tobias also sees some mice and he's like, whoa, those look so tasty. And they're like, don't start eating roadkill, Tobias. Hilarious. And he's like, what? No, I wouldn't. I, uh, no, yeah. of course not. Yeah. So, so Jake spies on the secret meeting. Mm-hmm. Well, we confirm that Tom is a controller. Yeah. We learn that their vice principal, Chapman, is a controller. Classic. Classic. He was, he was a voice that Jake recognized at the construction site. Yeah. And uh, he was the one saying, save the head, right? Yeah, yeah, he was. Oh, God. Later, Jake tells the rest of the people that, and they're like, oh, of course That's he would say so that. That's so Chapman. Yeah. Which is like, I guess they hate their vice principal or their assistant, assistant I feel principal. like you have to, right? I definitely really liked my principal, but whatever. Um, my impression was like the principal is the figurehead, and then the vice principal is like the disciplinarian. Well, he's the assistant principal. Isn't oh, he? assistant principal. I don't really know what that entails, but that's basically it for that night meeting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jake is obviously crushed, but then... Later, he decides, well, he and Cassie kind of work to figure out that he can he can spy on Chapman by morphing something small, mm-hmm. like a lizard. So he morphs lizard. In his locker. Yeah, in his locker. This is weird because this is like an obvious difficulty for the Animorphs, but like when they morph something, they still all have all of their like intellectual capacity, mm-hmm. but they don't have like human brains, right? They have lizard right. brains. Right. So like how is that how does that work? Actually, I have a theory about DNA. it that just I just came up with, but Ooh. I think I need to wait until we get to the spoiler zone. Okay. So we'll come back to it. Alright. One thing that was humorous to me is Jake is a morphing lizard in his locker and he's like, Shit, I should have practiced. <laughs> and he's like, Cassie Cassie told me I should have practiced. He morphs lizard. He becomes kind of panicked by the lizard brain instincts. Um, and so he's running around all over the place. And then here's yet another horrifying instance as he eats a spider. Um, so I kind of remember this scene um, from when I, you know, read the books. What I didn't realize is that the spider is described as saying, as being as big as a small child to him. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't remember that. So it's like, not only is it a, a spider, which is horrifying. But it's like if you ate a small child. Yeah. And it's also a spider. And it's like wriggling. Yeah, you ate it, a giant spider. It's very graphically described. I gotta say, I was surprised that there wasn't more 
of the lizard instinct being like, ooh, this is awesome. You know what I mean? Because, mm-hmm. like, when he was morphing Homer, he was, like, so distracted by moving, by, like, a squirrel in the sand or whatever. Here, we just hear the narration from the Jake brain yeah. being like, oh, my yeah, gosh, Yeah, like, where's the terrible. reward for eating a yeah, delicious spider? Yeah, I, I thought there would be a little bit more of the lizard being like, yes, got it. You know what I mean? <laughs> nice. Yeah. Okay, so, so he follows Chapman. Oh, he, he stepped on by Chapman and then loses his tail. I know. Oh, nice. my gosh. Graphic. <laughs> And then, uh, but yeah, so he follows him, and Chapman is actually going to the yerk pool right now. Which is pretty convenient. Which is, yeah, because he, he had been thinking, like, we might need to follow him for days. Like, how are we going to do this? So that was helpful. So yeah, so now they know that there is a yerk pool under their school. In the janitor's closet. Well, that's that's the entrance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, it, but, it's, but <laughs> it's very large. There's not a whole yerk pool in the janitor's closet. <laughs> yeah, but it's a really big yerk pool, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he hears, you know, the screaming. After he tails Chapman, um, oh, we yeah, we cut to the food court, which is kind of a classic Animorphs move. It's yeah, like, hanging out in the food the court. The next day in yeah. the food court, here we all were. Which is like, um, I never just went to the mall with my friends by myself. I guess I did when I was older. Out. I did in high school, but not when I was 11. Maybe I did, I don't know. Okay, so they're they're cutting to the food court. They're kind of still debating this whole, like, do we fight? Do we not fight? Marco's mm-hmm. like, don't let's not fight. Tobias I have a family. And are like, fight. And then Tobias is like, no one gives a rat's rear about me. Then Rachel says, I do. I do which I thought Aww. was nice. Also, it's a rat's rear. I, I wonder if Kay did that on purpose because he's gonna eat rats. Well, she definitely said rat's rear instead of rats. Rats ass. <gasps> Oops, sorry. Do we need to put an explicit tag now? Ooh, we could beep it out. I think I think that would be cool. Okay. Um, um, but yeah, so they have a cute moment. Cassie makes this whole like kind of touchy feely speech about uh, how they're fighting for Mother Earth. Oh yeah, she's this like ties back so... to the mystical thing. Why yeah. is Cassie like this? She's like ancient people talk talk about legends yeah. in which they they borrow the you know the strength of the whatever and the yeah, spirit yeah, yeah, yeah. of the thing so it's it's like we're doing that we're borrowing all the basic forces of nature yeah and we're fighting for mother earth mother earth and like mother earth can handle anything and nature is so great she and, has a long speech about this no it's like yeah it's kind of a lot but it's probably yeah. i mean i was thinking like this must be what Kay applegate was thinking you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. She was like, I this see. must be... She was like, this is going to be so cool. They're, like, morphing into animals. They yeah. can, like, have the strength of the tiger. For the rhinos. Yeah. For the lions. Exactly. Um, and so... So then they decide that they need firepower, and they're like, let's go to the garden, tying back when you're saying, to get some help from Mother Nature's toughest children. Right, exactly. Oh, also, they're animorphs now. Marco's yeah. like, yep. we're the animorphs. And Jake's like, that sounded okay. <laughs> Idiot teenagers with a death wish. That's pretty good. Okay, so we're at the gardens, which is like a huge zoo slash aquarium slash amusement park. And it, yeah, it, is there really? I think, does this really exist somewhere? I think this is one of. So it's pretty much canon that this is happening in California, um, and I think this is one of the things that people cite uh, when they argue that it takes place in San Diego because San Diego has like this world class zoo. I thought it was canon that it takes place in Northern California though. I don't know. They do have lots of woods all around. To my mind, it's someplace more like Santa Cruz, honestly. Because they have the beach, but also they have woods, too. Um, yeah, I was thinking, like, I really thought that it took place in Northern California. But yeah, the gardens might have been, like, made up or, like, a borrowed idea from yeah. some other place that really yeah. exists. 
Okay, so then they're all about to acquire their battle morphs. Jake kind of goads Marco into acquiring Big Jim, who is a gorilla. So then they see security. Yeah, and a guy chases them, and oh they my god, They split gosh, up again. They split up again. It's Jake and Marco. They take a golf cart. Marco drives. Nice. This is the beginning of a beautiful, long... Relationship Marco has with... With vehicles? Driving yeah. poorly? Well, we'll see that in later books. I don't think that's too much of a spoiler to say. Yeah. So then they're they're being chased as they're driving this golf cart. They have this kind of interesting scene where tunnel gets too narrow for the golf cart and they kind of open a door to duck into an exhibit. And they're like, oh shit, it's a rhino. So they like close the door like... Like definitely not the not, rhino. Not the rhino. Anything else would be better than a rhino. We don't want the yeah. rhino. Oh, what could possibly worse than a rhino? Um, so then they open the the other door. They basically had two choices. So one with the rhino. They go to the other door. Uh-huh. They're like, huh, I wonder what's in here. Yeah, I don't know. The oh. walls are really high. <laughs> oh, and so Jake then sits on a tiger. Like that's that that's how it happens. I can't really imagine sitting on a tiger. I can't. I don't really. Well, don't. I feel like it was pretty calm. Um, there's this Siberian tiger. And then Jake is like, oh, I'll just acquire it. Um, and then Marco's like, he's going to acquire your butt for dinner. It's pretty good. I, I thought that was pretty good, honestly. But this is the um, first, I mean, it's pretty smart. Oh, but I, so I think this is a really good gimmick. This whole, mm-hmm. this whole section here, because they had to split up to get away from the guard. Mm-hmm. The which, split up gimmick is a classic. Well, no, no, no. But, but this is great because now they all have different morphs. Oh, yeah. And so later in this book, and then also in later books, it's not like they're all morphing the same thing when they're going into battle. Yeah. And it's because yeah. they don't all have the same battle morph. And that's because, just by chance, yeah. they all had to split up here. Because mm-hmm. I think it sounds like they were they were going to do a Pokemon style, like, let's go to the gardens and get just, like, a bunch of things, and we'll mm-hmm. all have the same ones. Yeah. But now they don't all have the same ones, which is, which is better cool. yeah, for like, the story. Totally, yeah, I like that. I think that's pretty cool. You know, and Tobias is just a hawk right now, right? Yeah. So, like... Also, Cassie doesn't walk away with any battle morphs. I don't know how this happens, but in the oh, yeah, later, she just she's just a horse. horse. What are you doing? She doesn't have anything else. Yeah. What happened to Mother Nature's and toughest children? And she was children? with Rachel and I know, Tobias, like, right? Rachel has an elephant. She couldn't get anything remotely. Yeah, and they say that they had just been walking around getting morphs. Yeah. I, but that just means was... Rachel getting elephant and nothing else? Yeah, she was falling down on the job here. Well, they specifically said I know, that I know. they were all getting morphs. One person got one morph. Yeah, that's different from this what is what happens when Jake goes off and leaves them leaderless. You know, oh my god, well they just lose yeah. focus. Yeah, I guess, I guess he should just never leave them leaderless. Yeah. Okay, okay so I thought that was cool. Um, another question. Mm-hmm. Um, this is are we done with that scene? Because this is kind of about the next scene. Um, I have something to say right after they meet up with Rachel and Cassie. Okay, keep t- say that then. Okay, so I, I thought this was a really nice uh, moment from Rachel. Cassie is like, I haven't even studied for my math test tomorrow. And Rachel is like, you may not have to worry about tomorrow. And then she laughs. Yeah. No, right. she's Okay, so there's this... A maniac. <laughs> yeah. There's this word that I was thinking about to describe Rachel. And it's from, like, the Lord of the Rings. It's fell. Like, elves. When they're, they're like, beautiful, immortal, and dangerous, and also whimsical. And they're, like, described as fell. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, like, a, kind of, this is what I see when I see Rachel. Well, I'm sure Kay Applegate read Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Yeah, Rachel as uh, an elf. Well, and um, she's tall and beautiful. And, yeah. She's got all that going. 
So anyway, cut to Jake at home. We find out his mom is a writer, his dad is a doctor. This is uh, the the first of a many recurring tense dinner scenes. Oh yeah. Where Jake I love is the like scene. thinking about how Tom is a yerk. The dinner scene's That's great. It, it kind of yeah. reminds me of um, have you seen? Oh, you saw Inside Out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a. Uh, <laughs> except for instead of the emotions, a yerk. Yeah, except instead of the emotions, it's a yerk. Exactly. That, and so oh, it's like, like there's like a slug that has like tied up joy, and like yeah, and it's at the control panel. Like else. yes, excellent. Yeah, and they're like no, and then it's like sadness is like. <laughs> Our Everywhere. listeners can't see you so making your sadness. funny sad face. All right, yeah. Then Jake calls up the others. Cassie is not home, which they're is... like that's probably fine. Yeah, everything is we're, fine. We're just gonna do it anyway. Yeah, and uh, Jake has this interesting scene where he's like wondering if Cassie just bailed on them and was like, nope. But and and so he has this. He ponders like, I guess you know they say you never know whether someone is brave or not until they have their first battle. Which is like a little deep also for again for a twelve year old kinda ties into as we see later, Jake's fascination with like military commanders. That's true. We do see later that he that he likes that stuff like battle histories, but I, I also yeah. think that it's kind of He he's very grounded in like m- the military because of his family. Uh, right, but I think it's all he it's also kind of short sighted of him to be like, if she had ditched probably means she wasn't brave yeah you know what i mean yeah. because he had been like the moderator of this whole discussion <clears throat> two whole discussions yeah where they were talking about all the reasons why they should and shouldn't fight so yeah. I, I also kind of feel like he's being a little quick to, to yeah. say like oh well, i guess she was just scared yeah they eventually see her when they're going to the school to sneak into the yerk pool yeah they see her being dragged along by the policeman from earlier right 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 so definitely not a good sign no, it's it's not what you want. So yeah, so um, that happens. Oh, also Tobias is like already morphed when they meet up. So Jake's like, this is gonna be terrible. Yeah. But whatever. He's already in Hawkmore. Mm-hmm. So they go into the Yerk Pool. This is like painted as, you know, the fiery pits of hell. Yeah. It's, People are screaming it's everywhere. It's definitely hell. Yeah, but the worst is like. I feel like they hadn't really thought about it, although I guess Elfengor had sort of said it at the beginning. But the voluntary hosts mm-hmm. were just like chilling. Yeah. And they're, I don't know. I I felt like that was particularly disturbing. Yeah, yeah. They get out and yeah, they get out into, you know, a huge cavern which has um, room for the Super Bowl and for a couple of malls. Yeah. Wait. Which brings me to my next point, which is. How long have the Yerks been here at this point? Because haven't they only... Hasn't it only been, like, a few days since they saw that ship? Yeah, well, spoilers. I mean, I don't think this is... This is just background knowledge. The Yerks have been here since the Gulf War was the initial... Oh, right. Okay, so it's not um, like they just... Right, right. Because yeah. I've been thinking, Fisher 3 just got here. How did they build a Yerk pool? No, 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 but you're right. Okay. Okay, so that makes more sense. This is actually something, like, yeah. huge that probably wasn't just built in the last, like, two days. Mm-hmm. Yes. Definitely. Um... And so there's these cages full of uh, involuntary hosts who are, you know, screaming for their freedom or not screaming. And then Jake is feeling like he's losing hope. Yeah, they're they're watching people get infested. Oh, and 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 Tobias says that he sees Cassie, and then and then oh yeah, and then uh, and Jake asks him if he sees Tom, right? Yeah, yeah, and then and then Tobias does a, a flyover. 
and says that Tom is... Well, no, he says he sees Tom. Yeah, he sees Tom. And then Jake asks, is he in a cage or is he voluntary? Because, you know, that, like, that's key, right? Yeah. And then, and then Jake is very happy because Tom is not voluntary. I feel like that touches on what we were talking about before. Being infested is seen as, like, you know, you are a bad person, right? Well, no, he's just glad that his brother didn't, like... I mean, so, so think about this, right? You can be in the cage screaming, crying, or you can be out in the cafe eating pizza and watching TV. Right, but he wants to think of his brother as a good person. He doesn't yeah, want to think yeah, of his brother exactly. as a bad person. Right. Yeah. He, he, he'd rather his brother be a good person who's suffering miserably than a bad person who is having a good time. Yeah, but that's also what his brother would rather have. Well, yeah, clearly because right? he is. Right, because that's what he's doing. Yeah, yeah so I, I, don't yeah. Think, I don't think it's, like, problematic, necessarily. If he had, like, conflated having a year being a controller and being you know evil mm-hmm. this was like redemption for tom because it shows his brother no no his... exactly because he's yeah. like he's like oh my gosh my brother's a bad guy how do i deal with this but yeah. then he finds out like oh actually he's like here against his will yeah and yeah you sort of it's like behind that terrible brother there's actually like the brother that i know yeah so he sees the real his real brother that's nice oh oh also so they're they're about to go you know battle morphs and then here is something I noticed. Marco uh, makes Jake promise to kill him. Yeah. You know, I'm okay with dying, but promise me you won't let them take me alive. Oh, we should talk about that later. Okay, yeah. But for now, that's super dark. So then they're caught, but Rachel is clutch and morphs elephant. So yeah, so I guess, so are they all morphing while the controllers are not looking? Because that seems so difficult. I think it's described as... Jake and Marco are caught, and yeah, then Rachel somehow out of sight morphs to Elevant. Yeah, because then and later then she stomps everyone, and then they morph in the. In so the somehow they're all morphing in chaos. Yeah, so nobody so actually sees them morph. I think this is not too much of a spoiler to say, but they're playing very fast and loose with their identities right now. Like in later books, they take you know much better care to. Well, because they accidentally get mistaken for the Andalite bandits here. Yeah, so, yeah, yes. Oh, so, so it doesn't click until they get... Yeah, so they don't care if anyone sees them morph Yeah. necessarily, although they don't want to be known as the kids who can morph because then they'll be taken, right? Yeah. So I guess they still want to hide it. But then after Visser 3 is like, oh, I see some of the Andalites survived. And they're like, oh, he means us. Oh, yeah, means, yeah we, we did. Weird. That's us. Ooh, okay. <laughs> well, it's really good because it throws them off track. Okay, anyway, so Rachel morphs elephant. Yeah. Squishes a taxon uh, extremely graphically. Oh my gosh. And then... Yeah, I, I was thinking we could have a dramatic reading here, actually. Okay. <laughs> Rachel's foot caught the taxon's back end. The needle legs collapsed, cracking like broken twigs. Yellow goo oozed from the popped flesh of the big worm. She just kept rolling over him, leaving behind a big, extremely disgusting pile of goo. The foul smell of the squashed taxon nearly knocked me out. Thanks. Thank you for that. <laughs> so I was reading this and I was That's like, wow. Uh... Wow. You know? They're um, not pulling yeah. any punches. It's like an extremely disgusting pile of goo. Not like a disgusting pile of goo, but an extremely... Um, well, also, like, it's like being narrated by a 12-year-old, so yeah. extremely disgusting is, like, probably the harshest language he's ever used. I know, yeah. yeah. Later, Tobias claws out a hork eyes. Oh, yeah, and it leaves them Hello? as a slimy mess. Yeah. 
It's like, oh my god, eyes becoming yeah. a slimy mess. That's not something that I want. You know, I guess Kay Applegate is taking the opportunity to wax eloquent with these, uh... She's really these, trying to be... Body she's horror. going for subtlety. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, okay, then they go battle morphs. Um, yeah. Sweet. I love it. It's time for the boss battle. I feel like this is this becomes like a standard formula for Animorphs books. Like, at the end, you see Mr. 3. Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. Oh, so so the way the battle is described is one of my favorite parts of the Animorphs. There, Jake is narrating this battle, and what I really like is they do it in like a lot of cuts. So Jake will be slashing at a Horkbajir, then it's like I saw Marco punching like a Horkbajir in the throat, and then over there I saw Rachel squishing a Horkbajir. You know. Well, it really, I mean, it lends itself to film. Oh, definitely. Or TV. Yeah. Like the fast cuts like that. Yeah. And, and I like it because then we can see everyone else. Right. Even though it's being narrated by Jake, you still see what everyone's doing. Yeah. That's that's true. Yeah. And I feel like that's that happens a lot in these Animorphs fight scenes. Yeah, I guess so. I hadn't really thought about it. Yeah. Because it's not like Jake going toe-to-toe with one Hork-Bajir, then I fight another Hork-Bajir, but it's like we, we get these nice things interspersed. So, yeah. So they, they end up escaping basically like running away yeah so so they try to spring everybody from the cages they rescue cassie who promptly morphs horse because <laughs> it's the only morph she has i don't know what she she's supposed thinking. to be like miss gardens she's she, she should have had like 50 morphs by now i know all she does is hang out with animals yeah, she touches so... them all the time yeah so well she more <laughs> Oh, that's just I'm just picturing like for the rest of the series, horse is her battle morph. Horse, <laughs> like we need firepower. She just like goes Jake's horse. a tiger, Marco's a gorilla. She's like I'll neigh at them. Maybe if I like use my hooves. Yeah. I mean, horses are pretty like. Yeah, I mean, do it, some damage. She yeah, could some, carry them all. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she could. They could. Marco could ride on her. That'll be interesting. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. I mean, you can do some close damage, but at close quarters, you know, you're dead. Um, okay, so they sprint for the exit, and then, boom, Mr. 3. Right. Right. So yeah, he, he comes out, and he's described as dainty, because he's an Andalite, so they have right, this... Right, they weren't used to seeing... Yeah. Well, and- Andalites are kind of... I feel like they're always shown as really strong on the book jackets, but they're described as dainty and deer-like in the books. Yeah, you know, it's not really like closer a to a deer than a horse. Yeah, yeah. Because I think in the illustrations they always look like a centaur type of thing, yeah, which is yeah. like a horse. But deer are not like that. No, they're like graceful. Yeah. So anyway, but then he morphs, um, and he morphs some eight-legged, eight-headed, eight-clawed thing that also shoots fireballs. This is the one that he got from a moon on a planet. Oh yeah, right? and there was a dying star. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a classic. <laughs> That, well, he likes to brag about his morphs. He's like a morph collector. I know. it's uh, Which is pretty smart. I know. It's like the it's... opposite of Cassie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what Cassie 3, should have been doing. Like, by definition, <laughs> Mr. 3 is just the opposite of Cassie. Um, and so this is, the Animorphs has so many quick chapters, and they end this chapter with Jake just saying, we were not going to make it. And that's the book. Yeah, and that's it. Then they don't make it. It's not like, and then, and then we overcame. No, yeah. So... They're going up the stairs. We're pretty strongly invoking this hell imagery as they're climbing up out of the pits of hell, being chased by fireballs. I know, yeah, it's very hell. The um, year pool as hell is very strong here. 
Yeah, and so they, they keep running up the stairs. They're losing people left and right to the fireballs. Cassie has one rider on her back. Oh, and then we get this interesting scene with Tom. Uh, do you want to talk about that? or? Uh, I don't remember it. So he tries to punch Visser 3. Visser 3 is like in morph. Here, I'll, I'll, show, I'll show you the page. So Tom basically tries to punch Visser 3. Oh, yeah. And I had well, not remembered this. Well, you have to see Tom being like awesome. You know right, what I mean? Yeah, to be true. like, don't worry, middle school readers. He's not a bad guy. Yeah. The yerk in his brain is not a bad guy. Not all high schoolers will abandon you. <laughs> yeah. Big kids can be nice, too. Yeah. But it's also kind of dumb. I don't know. Yeah. It's super dumb. Like, why would he do that? <laughs> like, he's he, possibly even more useless than Cassie at this point. I don't know how long he's been a controller for mm -hmm. off the top of my head. But, like, you know, you're Tom. Your brain has literally been taken over. Right now is one of your few and far between moments of freedom. Mm -hmm. And you have an opening. You know what I mean? Yeah. Would you really not? Yeah, why not? Like, live free or die hard, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I guess I can see it. I feel like he... Yeah. This is like the one time anything out of the ordinary has happened when he's gone to a yerk pool. And he, That's like, true. could maybe escape, you know? Yeah. But so as, as you sad. might guess, him attacking Vister 3 does not go well. And then Jake is enraged and attacks Vister 3 as well but then he gets repelled by the fireballs right and you know the thing yeah. is like so if you're a human right and you're mm -hmm. a controller you must realize that they don't want you to die you know right well they don't want you to die that much like better right. alive than dead but also dead is okay right but if people started dying everywhere you know what i mean yeah 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 so i guess it's actually not terrible like I think that's why like, Tom doesn't die here. Tom. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so they they get away. As far as it goes, Cassie has one one woman who she's carrying out of the yerk pool on her on her back. Mm -hmm. um, everyone else is dead or reinvested. And Cassie says the policeman who dragged her there died. She's like, we won't have to worry about him. Oh again. yeah, right, right. Yeah. So even we, with that horse morph, she got. Yeah. Him. <laughs> so that that ties up that loose end kind of. And then then they're back, and then we have the scene with Tobias. Yeah, so so Jake is back. He's in his room. He finally sees Tobias come up to his window. At, mm. He's in Hawkmorph. And he's like, oh my gosh, Tobias. Like, I can't believe you made it. That's amazing. I'm so glad that you survived. That's so great. I didn't think you'd have time to morph back, but I guess you did. Yeah. And Tobias, or, oh yeah, Jake says, like, you made it. That's all that matters. And Tobias is like, yep, that's that's all that matters. Just the fact that I'm alive. Nothing else. Just that I'm alive, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then Jake's like, come on, man, morph back, morph back. It's fine. And Tobias, unfortunately, reveals that he cannot yeah. morph back because he stayed as a hawk for more than two hours. Okay. So that's book number one, The Invasion. Do you want to read maybe these last three paragraphs? Sure. So this is Jake speaking or yeah. narrating. I went to the window and looked up at the stars somewhere up there around one of those cold, twinkling stars was the Andalite homeworld. Somewhere up there was hope. They'll come, Tobias said. The Andalites will come. And until then, I nodded and wiped away my tears. Yeah, I said. Until then, we fight. Dun, dun, dun! Wow, I like it. Um, oof, give me chills. <laughs> Did it really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It was a very great dramatic reading. Okay. So that, that kind of wraps things up. Uh, I thought we could each say, you know, our thoughts about the book as a whole. Um, and then there's one exercise I'd like to do, and that can bridge us into the super spoiler zone. Okay, great. 
So I really like this book. Overall, I guess there, there's a couple things that I noticed overall as I was rereading this, and that is the pacing is much different than adult novels. The chapters are like two to three pages long. Yeah. Each one is like a set action scene and ends on like a, a hundred nightmares on our heels or something of equal import. Well, yeah, because kids' books, I feel like you got to have short chapters because maybe they're like yeah. reading a chapter every night before bed or whatever. Yeah. You can't have these 20 pages like chapters. Yeah. And that way they're like, dang, I read 30 chapters. That's true. Yeah. But also the pace of the plot was different than what I'm used to because like they spent like 30 pages at the construction site. Yeah. And then they spent five to ten pages in the yerk pool. Yeah. Which was like shorter than I expected. So it was kind of weird. This is like very common throughout the Animorphs books is that we'll get some initial recon mission that will fail or not fail. Then we randomly have cut to the food court and then they're planning the big mission and the big mission happens in like the last two chapters. No, so it yeah, felt weird, weird to me because, you know, we have a lot of, like, equal amounts of time is given to, like, a golf cart chase as it is to, like, Visser 3 and that big battle scene at the end, you know? I know, but that's kind of what I like about Animorphs because it's, like, it's like a sitcom, you know? It's not, yeah. it's not like, a heavy drama where, like, not everything is really... Time, yeah. Yeah, they, like, they yeah. really spend time on, like, jokes about Marco's driving. Um, yeah, any overall thoughts about the book? That was probably the, the main thing I wanted to say before we do super spoiler time. Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely good. The feel is so different than later books. And, like, yeah. it this one reads so much like... I mean, Harry Potter does this, too, where, like, the first book, you're like, okay, so Harry Potter books are basically going to be like this. Like, it's a group of kids. They learn about this, like, challenge or this new, like, incarnation of the villain. And then... They fight the villain, they win for the moment, or they, like, escape for the moment, or whatever, and then, like, everything goes back to being happy. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of, like, nice and formulaic, and that is what this felt like. They learn that there's these aliens, they, like, have some scrappy fight mm -hmm. against the aliens, they, like, survive. They it, live to fight another day. Yeah, they live to fight another day. It, like, feels like a victory, almost, just because yeah. they, like, lived when mm -hmm. he was trying to kill them. And then it's like, okay, great, I guess we're going to keep fighting and eventually the good guys will win. Yeah. But like, you know, later it gets more complicated than that, I think it's fair to say. So yeah. That's all. Okay, so um, one thing I thought we could do, this is lovingly ripped off from a podcast called Harry Potter and the Sacred Text. They do a close reading of one passage per episode and they choose the passage at random. Ooh. I know, right? So I thought we could shuffle these pages okay. of the book. And then choose one at random. Okay. Okay. It's page three. Ooh. Um, Chapter one. Wow, this is the first page of the book. Okay, maybe we should pick... Um, should I read it? Yes. My life used to be pretty normal. Ooh, I like that voice. Okay, can I do it again? My life used to be pretty normal. Normal, that is, until one Friday night at the mall. I was there with Marco, my best friend. We were playing video games and hanging out at this cool store that sells comic books and stuff. The usual. All right. Wanna, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. The, the first thing that I want to say is that of all the Animorphs, Jake is definitely the canonically normal one, right? Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. So he's immediately pointing out, my life used to be pretty normal, right? Yeah. So 
in in most none of people, them would say yeah, that. Yeah, none of them would say that. Cassie wouldn't be like, my life was pretty normal before. Yeah, she'd be like, my life evolved around animals, and it still does. And then yeah. Marco would be like, I'm sad about my mom. And then Tobias would be like, oh, I'm a bird. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, no. Even if they're talking about their life before. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that's interesting. Um, mm-hmm. So. Uh, normal... We really only get that because he's the narrator. Yeah, yeah. Even though the, I think the idea is supposed to be that, you know, then everything changed. Yeah. Is Would it? Would we see Marco being like, that was my best friend Jake. He's the normal one. Um, but Marco's too funny to just say that, though. So. Although I feel like that would be pretty funny. Yeah. Um, okay, and so one Friday night at the mall. I don't know. I feel like this indicates that they have a lot of freedom, I guess. Because they're, they're in middle school, right? It's dark, too. Yeah, it's Friday night, you know? It's not yeah. like I was hanging out Friday at 4 p.m. Right. This is Friday night at the mall. I was also thinking, like, well, I guess it's the 90s. Maybe had people had more freedom. But um, I was also thinking this all kind of had to happen on a Friday mm-hmm. um, because they didn't have school the next day and they were, like, yeah. thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, like, if, if the thing at the construction site had happened on, Great like, a, job, a Tuesday, yeah. yeah, you know what I mean? Like, it yeah. would have been completely, probably nobody would have seen it. Everyone's in bed on a Tuesday night. No kids well, right. I don't going know how to the construction site. So, I was there with Marco, my best friend. Um, I don't know about, you know, you kids these days, but to have, like, a clear-cut best friend, I don't know. If, is, that a, is that a thing? I feel Sometimes. like I never had that. Like, I this is my best friend. I had it. Um, there are other subpar friends, but I feel like people have different like styles from mm-hmm. that. As the resident psychologist here. Oh well, please inform um, us. Yeah, I definitely had like one best friend. It, it wasn't always the same person, but from like eighth through twelfth grade, mm-hmm. I had like one best friend. So I feel like it can happen. But would Rachel say that she has one best friend? I don't know. Does she say my best friend Cassie? I think they do, even though Rachel yeah. seems like she should be more popular than that. But she's actually just pretty, not not quite as, like, yeah. dinky as... Yeah. Anyway. So we were playing video games and hanging out at this cool store that sells comic books and stuff. I know, he sounds so much like a, like a kid. Yeah, like, and stuff. I, I wonder if Kate Applegate was like... I'm gonna nail this 12-year-old voice. You well, know? and it's, it's a ramble-on. Uh-huh. You know, like, with lots of ands and stuff. Yeah. For our uh, students of grammar out there, a ramble Ooh. on is like a run on sentence, but it's actually grammatically correct. It just has, it has lots of add on parts. Yeah. We were playing video games and hanging out at this cool store that sells comic books and stuff. I guess it's not, I don't know if I would like call it the, a textbook example of a ramble on, but it is like mm-hmm. how kids talk. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like just letting it get away yeah, from itself. Yeah. So the and, usual. And, and then, and then I... Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then I did this thing, and I did this thing, and it does this, and this, and this. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he says it's the usual. Yeah, because his life is normal. I feel like it's harping on being normal to kind of contrast yeah. with the rest of the book. Like, we can't hit them with the cannibalistic worms from the get-go. Well, yeah. So this is the, um, like, when you start a book, you always start with the, is it just called the status quo? And then you have the rising action. Ooh. And then it you have rises. the climax. And then after the climax, you have the denouement, right. which is the falling action. Um, so this is like setting up the status quo at the beginning. Like, this is how things are at the beginning, and mm-hmm. then things are going to change. Okay. Shall we go to the super spoiler zone? Super spoiler zone. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I was thinking it, we could just cut for a commercial um, <laughs> and then come back right back. Shall I edit that part out? 
Um, <laughs> well, whatever, do what you want. Okay, so I have to say, you might be tempted to listen to the podcast start to finish, but this is hardcore spoilers. Like, please leave. If you haven't like, please. read the entire series. Yeah, I if you have not read the, Animor- the entire series of the Animorphs. Just come back. You can always come back. Yeah, so... It's an audiophile. Yeah, Just we're going to say... This is like um, Snape killed Dumbledore. This is Bruce Willis was Wait, dead if, the whole time. What if they haven't seen oh, shit. Or read those things? Well, this is not a Harry Potter podcast. This is not a Sixth Sense podcast. Yeah, but they weren't asking for that. Like, what if they're in the middle of the sixth book right now? Well, hopefully they're kind of disappointed and angry at me. <laughs> Stop listening to the podcast. Um, I guess this is the super spoiler zone, though. Yeah, we're already here. Yeah, so please, I cannot stress enough. Like, Oh, Memento? Don't spoil that. Okay. It's a really good movie, though. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, so this is like hardcore spoilers that will ruin the entire book series for you. But goodbye for now. Goodbye. Listen to each episode as you read each book. And then once you've read the whole series, you can come back and listen to the super yeah. spoilers. Song. But goodbye for now, and you can join us next time as we discuss Animorphs number two, The Visitor. Bye.